Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Deidre Maloney, author of her memoir, Unfold Me, Unfold Layers of Your Wounded Heart and Begin Living Your Dream Life. Deidre Maloney, good morning and thank you so much for being with us this morning. I am just deeply touched that we have this opportunity for a really meaningful conversation. Oh, me too. Thank you for having me on the show. So the big thanks, I guess, really begins with thanking you for really wanting to open up your heart, your life, uh, your soul, really, to everyone by writing this new book, Unfold Me, Unfold Layers of Your Wounded Heart and Begin Living Your Dream Life. And that sounds so wonderful. Yes, let's have this beautiful life. But in this, we find out about just such a harsh life. You're from a very young age, and it starts right in the opening pages. And it had me shedding tears because of feeling, you know, just so brokenhearted for this child. And then it struck me that your story is probably multiplied thousands upon thousands of times. Did you feel that that would potentially be the case? Yes, I knew, you know, just from talking to girlfriends over the decades of my life, you know, you usually hear of people that have gone through some type of sexual assault or, um, you know, sexual abuse as a child, um, emotional neglect. And I just realized, you know, the statistics are so high uh, for women that are being abused. And I knew that they needed my story because a lot of us hide in the shame and the fear of these acts that happen to us, right? We don't invite them. They just, they happen and there's nothing you can do about it. And, uh, but you're stuck afterwards with the shame. And so that's why I wanted to, to write my story and, and to share it so vulnerably uh, to let people know that they're not alone and that you don't need to hide and you don't need to feel shame, that this is something that we can talk about and uh, that we can heal. Exactly. And more than just we can talk about it, it's almost like we must in order to be able to really live our life, to move, move through this. We can't undo it, but we can use it to make our life better, right? Exactly. And also raise awareness, right? The more it's talked about, uh, the more, you know, we can talk to young children about it and have them understand what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, how to protect themselves. A lot of times, you know, as a child, I think back, you know, you don't want to be rude to an adult. So you'll just go along with it because you don't want to be bad or you don't want people to not like you. So we have to te- teach young people that it's okay if someone is doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable, that you get that funny feeling in your tummy, that it is okay to yell, to say no, to say don't touch me. I don't like that. So what I actually do with my kids is I practice it with them. So I will say, okay, so pretend someone's going to hug you and it's too close. Yell no, stand up so that when if something like that ever happened it's not like freeze what do i do they've actually rehearsed it in pretend right so they feel a little more comfortable if they were ever in a situation like that i hope yes absolutely that sadly that's our reality and maybe it has been a reality for for decades mm. decades and centuries even but to finally realize it's been happening that one 
you, the one who is the victim, is not alone, and then to make it known that you have a right, you can stand up, that no one has the right to make you do something that you really feel is not right for you or, well, for anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's so important to have that sense of safety as a child. And when that that safety is broken, that trust is broken, you know, you see through my personal story in the book what it leads to. It leads to a complete disaster, right? There's no self-worth. There's no self-confidence. Um, you're not going to do well in school because you can't focus and, you know, can lead to drugs, promiscuous behavior, because um, you're just trying to numb out what's happened to you. You, you have this inside of you and you, you just feel so trapped, right? So it does just, it can lead to a very unhealthy or unhealthy relationships later down the road, right? Right. Which happened to me also, you know, I got into a terribly abusive relationship for years. So uh, domestic violence becomes a reality for a lot of women that have been abused as children. Yeah, so it's just really important to, to raise awareness. So I'm happy that my book uh, can help to do that. And 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 I am too, because you're being so absolutely honest and vulnerable really spells out how harsh life is for just too many even if it was just one person if this was you but it it's not again multiplied mm-hmm. so many times over it made me think about how here in the Seattle area where there's just so much homelessness and a lot of young people living on the streets, I began to see that maybe this is what the history is, why they are there, not because they love living out there, but I, I could see that what you share of your story in the book, you know, really a life unraveling, ending up in drugs and alcohol and promiscuous well prostitution right Mm -hmm. um how this is just what these other young people have are facing yeah it's you know very true you see a lot of young people on the streets and i'm telling you they are not there because they like living on the streets a lot of those young people come from homes where they do not feel safe whether it's domestic violence sexual abuse Um, They feel safer on the streets, right? Can you imagine that? They feel safer living on the streets than they do living in their own home. And that's why a lot of them are out there. So I think, you know, it's easy to look at them and just think, oh, go get a job, go go get somewhere to live. But a lot of them are so traumatized, they they can't take that next step, right? They just, they need a little bit of help um, to be able to start to heal, to see like I am worthy of a better life. They don't feel worthy. And, and yeah, it's really sad. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, I did spend a little bit of time off on and off the streets myself. And it's funny because I come from a middle class home. Both my parents had full time jobs. You know, they made a decent income. We always had decent clothes, food, everything. But I didn't feel safe at home. I felt safer out on the streets. And then you're using drugs to try to numb the pain. And well, you can't use drugs at home. Where can you use them 24 seven on the streets? So it just becomes this ideal, not ideal, but ideal situation to to kind of deal with your trauma. Precisely. And the path out of that, what a challenge. There isn't isn't just like a one-size-fits-all. Or or what would you feel we can do then to help 
people, young people. I can see perhaps, well, anyone in, as a teenager could read this book and perhaps see themselves and begin to seek help. Is that what you feel that maybe in sharing our stories it will help all ages? I'm hoping so. I feel when I first wrote the book, I was kind of thinking more of women like me. So I guess kind of that 30 to 45 age range, they have kids, they're hiding something about themselves, right? Because so many women have been abused or have had, you know, this promiscuous behavior and they've never shared it with anybody because they're so ashamed. So I was I was kind of thinking of this book would relate to them in that, look, you don't have to hide. I'm exposing myself and I'm still okay, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do think that some young people, you know, if they read the story that they'll connect with that younger me and they'll be able to see, oh, wow, look, she was able to turn her life around. This is possible. Because when I was, you know, 19, I I sort of always had big dreams for myself, didn't ever know how I would get there. Um, But I think that this book does, you know, can show them that there can be a bigger life and that you can, you know, find true love and have a healthy relationship. And, uh, you know, maybe for someone that's older too, that, you know, has um, young, that has kids or grandkids to kind of learn like, hey, these things actually happen. You know, you need to have difficult conversations. Yes. And and yeah. that's good to say about, you know, maybe this is a woman or a man at, at grandparent mm-hmm. age that has is still really locked away, maybe functioning to get through life, but not really living fully. This can help to maybe open up that secret chamber and share that truth and realize that there is life, that it's not going to kill you. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And, you know, I actually have a few girlfriends that had daughters read it, you know, that were around the age of 12, which may be considered a little young for this book because there is some, you know, vulgar language and talk of sex and things like that. But they wanted their daughter to read it because they they said, like, they wanted to show them, look, look how easy it is to be seduced by someone, how easy it is to fall and slip down the wrong path, you, you know, and they wanted them to read it to understand like you know these dangers are really out there it's not just stuff you see on tv this is someone we know that went through these things so i don't recommend it necessarily for anybody under the age of 16 let's say Um, but if you have a really open relationship and are able to communicate well and really feel comfortable explaining some difficult topics with your child and they they're mature um, then you may want to share it so that they can you know see what's what's possible out there that's, you know, dangerous for them. And uh, there is so much that's dangerous. We we don't have to look very far to hear that because we know Mm -hmm. we have a drug epidemic. We know alcoholism and uh, alcohol abuse is still just so rampant. Mm-hmm. And the sex trade, you know, it just yeah. all that happens with that, all those things to know that they exist, you share so clearly and it's it's heartbreaking to read. Yet, I, in that, it's important to know, but I think also to see how over time you could, you were able to take charge and uh, even with some slipbacks, keep moving forward and have this life that you dreamed was possible and you are living it. So, you know, all that 
ends up spelling is hope in capital letters. Yeah, it's a, a very transformational story, and it is truly amazing. If I think back, like, wow, how did that happen? How did I get here? Because I do feel like I am living my absolute dream life. Uh, but there is always hope, right? And I, I think one of the first places to start is with forgiveness. We have to be able to forgive others that trespass against us, and we have to be able to forgive ourselves uh, for mistakes that we've made. And funny enough, you know, I, I did this uh, program where we had to visualize everybody that's ever uh, done some abuse to us, and then we had to, you know, picture ourselves forgiving them. And I was able to forgive everybody in the room. And then she asks us to envision ourselves, mm -hmm. and now we have to forgive ourselves. And for me, that was the most difficult part. It was easier for me to forgive the people that had hurt me than it was to forgive myself for not protecting myself or for not doing the right thing. Uh, so I think that's where a lot of uh, people get stuck to in healing is just that you get so upset with yourself. How could you do this? Yet you would forgive someone else, right? Yes. So self-forgiveness, self-compassion, learning to, to love yourself is so important. It, it's the key, key to healing for sure. Oh, yes, absolutely. And and that is so telling that uh, that no doubt is a point maybe where people an individual comes to doing the healing and then gets stuck because, oh no, it, it doesn't apply to me and, and can easily spiral downward again, I would think. Yeah. And I found it's like that. You kind of can build yourself up a few steps and then you're going to come back down. And nowadays, you know, with social media, um, you know, everybody posting up their perfect life and it's, it's easy to to fall back down, right? You see, well, I'm not doing as good as so-and-so, or I'm not as good of a mother as so-and-so. And it's easy to do this comparison thing, right? Which gets us in trouble as well. So you just kind of got to focus on yourself and, you know, look back. Like if I look back at where I came from on a day when I'm not feeling great, then I have to say, okay, hold on a second. I'm actually doing pretty good considering where I came from. So I think that's important is to look back, you know, where did you come from? What have you learned? And because we're always growing, we're always learning, right? So mm -hmm. Um, that's a good way to uh, to stop that negative thinking train is to is to look back and just be grateful for for where we are. And you talk about how a a big part of this healing and ongoing healing is uh, in women's groups that you've been in and that you still are are part of. Yes, um, connecting with other women was a huge um, shift for me. Um, I think like women's groups and men's groups are really important for healing, connecting with other people and understanding that you're not alone. I I was terrified to share my story, you know, with people. I thought, oh God, no, everyone's going to judge me. They're going to think I'm a horrible person. They won't want to be my friend. Join this women's group. And I just decided, you know what, I don't know anyone here. I'm going to tell the story. And if they all judge me and hate me, I can leave and I don't have to come back. It's not a big deal. I actually got the opposite reaction from them all. They all fell in love with me and they thought, this is so amazing. Look how far you've come. Like, you know, they really, I call it pumped my tires, <laughs> made me feel great. And even though our stories were nothing alike, everyone in the room, there was 10 of us were there for a different reason. We all understood the feelings behind the stories. Everybody understood fear, shame, guilt, so as I shared my story and shared the way it made me feel, they could understand the feelings because they had the same ones. And that is what connected us. 
And so I think that if anyone is struggling, definitely look out for a support group. There's tons of them around. Shop them because I've been to some that aren't great. Um, usually one that's read by, um, led by a professional therapist is a great option. And you can just really, you know, connect with people. And some of the girls that I did this group with years ago are some of my best friends today. And we're still connected. And we actually are going away for a girls weekend tomorrow. So um, having that support and community, I think, is so important. We crave connection as human beings. And a lot of times um, trauma keeps us isolated because we think no one will like us or we're not good enough or we're not worthy. And that's just that mental health aspect, you know, the playing a game with you, telling you those things, but it's not true. We are all worthy of love and connection. And you just got to go out there and find your people because they are out there for sure. And so that, I think, is a very strong message. A very strong message is to read the story, Unfold Me, which as in book format, in print or uh, digital, is readily available through any of our favorite book sources. Right, Deidre? Yeah, uh, well, you can order it on Amazon, and I have it available also on my website. It's dmaloney, D-E-E-M-A-L-O-N-E-Y.com. Um, available on webs- on Amazon to order, you know, internationally, um, and available to go on Kindle as well, as you said. So, yeah, I would love for people to pick it up and have a read and reach out to me, connect. I love connecting uh, with people. So that's that's beautiful because I can sense how reading the story, uh, something resonates within us. And we might want to question or share or something like that. And the fact that you're open to uh, connecting with individuals is certainly a, a wonderful gift for us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love connecting with people and hearing back, you know, how maybe the story they related to it, it just fills me up. That's why I wrote the book is to connect with people. I, I want to, I want to connect for sure. It, uh, it continues to help me heal because even though I've come so far and I, I feel healed, we're on a journey yeah. and, you know, I still have self, self-doubts and whatnot. So um, when I, get a message from a reader and they're just like oh this book really helped me or you know it changed my life I've heard and it's just like oh wow that really fills me up and it just makes me want to continue to give back right so yeah please connect and and that is uh really significant is to remember it's a journey uh we we can fall into such a trap feeling like oh I'm going to reach this particular milestone and everything will be just wonderful well <laughs> it it will be better or and different, but again, it's a journey. So it, we we will have stumbles, but I think what happens is it, the journey seems to be still progressively. If you will want to see a visual, kind of going upward, suggesting improvement, and even when we stumble, th- those stumbles will be higher than the lows we felt ages ago, kind of thing. So, exactly right. So journey is. Yeah, each time we stumble and we got to recover, right? We're building that resiliency. And uh, so definitely, you know, we fall back, but we always going to rise back up. It's the human spirit. Can't break it. <laughs> right. And realizing that in that way, we are all so connected, seeing that we are more similar than different and, and being able to learn from each other, giving each other that kind of space and grace to do so. 
Oh, we really are. You know, what's so interesting is that my book launch, I had one of the girls from my book. Um, she was one of the speakers. And uh, she was saying, you know, now it, we're friends for, gosh, it's been 25 years now. And back when we were 15, you know, we were best friends and we were going out doing all this crazy stuff together. And then we took a long break. We didn't speak to each other. Well, she became one of Canada's top criminal lawyers. And I became a homeschooling mom that runs a competitive cycling team and does competitive sports. Our lives are completely different. And, you know, she wears all the fancy designer clothes and eats out in restaurants and I'm cooking plant-based meals at home in my tracksuit. So he said, like, if we had met this day and age, we probably wouldn't really connect. But truly, if we sat down and got to know each other at the core essence of who we are, we would connect because our stories are so the same from back in the day, right? Right. And so it just shows you how, you know, when I think of her and I, how we are so very different, yet we both, if you can connect on that emotional level and understand someone else and offer them compassion, we really can connect with anybody. Yeah, exactly. And that, that is, uh, that is beautiful. And that, uh, I saw part of that conversation in a YouTube video. So we can uh, all access that, which is really very interesting as well to kind of continue this in a different vein, the story of the book. Uh, mm. So that's available on YouTube. And you mentioned then uh, the plant-based diet that you follow. You're actually writing a cookbook. Yes, actually, I just published that. So it's available on Amazon right now as well. It's a plant-based cookbook. Um, I started eating plant-based about seven years ago. I'm just really into athleticism and looking for ways to help my body recover quickly, you know, maintain a healthy weight. And once I started eating that way, I just fell in love with it. I loved having all the fresh fruits and veggies. It just made me feel so great. And the more raw food I eat, the better I feel. Uh, so I decided, you know, I had to learn how to make all these different dishes and learn how to make cheeses out of cashews and learn how to, I love baking. So I had to learn how to do all my baking plant-based. So I figured everything out and then I thought, you know what, I need to share this with other people because all my recipes, they're for more health conscious people, but there, there are some, you know, there's like a mac and cheese and a lasagna. So there's some fun kind of decadent ones in there as well. <laughs> Um, but I decided, let's just make this into a cookbook so other people that are interested in eating healthy meals on a regular can um, have some reference. So it's called Unfolding in the Kitchen, mm. and it is available on Amazon. Yeah, so I'm excited to share that with the world as well. No, oh, that that is so great. And it makes reminds me of a point I wanted to make earlier in terms of with your healthy eating and doing all the emotional and mental work that you were doing uh, – then you became pregnant with your fourth child, and you'd mm -hmm. been suffering from postpartum depression with each of the others. But interestingly enough, the way that you described it, I, I really believe that a lot of this emotional healing had a lot to do with having that what, healthier delivery. Yeah. Would you say? Absolutely. I was shocked because when I had the fourth baby, I thought for sure, this is it. I'm going to have postpartum depression again. It's going to be horrible. So that's when I started the women's group that you mentioned early when I started attending. And because I started, I went in there and I said, I need to fix this because I cannot raise all my children 
you know, feeling this way about myself. I need to fix this. And so I did the group therapy once a week. I would do couples therapy probably every other week. And same on the alternate week, I would do individual therapy for about five months straight. I was very committed to that program. I started meditating uh, daily. And then I had the baby and I could not believe it. I didn't have any postpartum depression after having it with the last two. I just felt happy. And, you know, I haven't had a depressive episode since. So, you know, I think when we lock away those secrets and that shame, it, it really makes us sick and it comes out. It comes out in physical form. You know, I've read many books recently. Actually, it's a topic I'm really interested in and how stress uh, is related to disease. And so I truly believe it. you, you got to heal it, right? we got to feel it. And it's painful to go through, to bring all that stuff up. Of course, it doesn't feel good. But once you release it and you get it out and you do that forgiving – it's you're just going to feel so amazing. It is so worthwhile. Yes, worthwhile, and then absolutely life gives meaning to life, but it saves our life. Yes, right. And then we have to think about, you know, if you if you have children, you know, we are passing this trauma down, right? Even if you're not abusing your children, because you're not healed, you know, you may emotionally be withdrawn a little bit from your kids, Mm -hmm. which is something I noticed with my first daughter, who's 22 now, when I think back, I realize, you know, I wasn't as emotionally available to her as I am to my kids, my three younger kids now, because I didn't do the healing and I didn't know how to connect with her in that way. So, you know, it's interesting that I have that perspective of, of raising children healed and then raising children unhealed. It is a totally different experience. And so, you know, we don't want to pass that generational trauma down to our kids. We want to heal it and then let them have a fresh start. (laughs) Yeah. And so yours is this amazing experience, painful and and one we don't want. I wouldn't want you to have to live that. Uh, No one would. Yet it happens. That's life. Seeing how you've changed mentioning your first daughter, then the younger ones. I mean, this is something that really spells out such incredible lessons for us that, you know, hopefully early on someone reading this book in their younger years can begin the healing process to have a better life over this longer period of life. Yes, exactly. Yeah, if you can get to it, the sooner the better, right? I waited till I was 38. <laughs> so I wish I had have done it sooner, but I guess we're all on our path. And, you know, what I always believe the universe gives us what we need when we need it. So I suppose I just needed to suffer a little bit longer before I learned all my lessons. <laughs> but it's all good because I'm happy now. And, you know, I, I that, and that's it. You know, everything happens. You can't change it. And I I wouldn't change anything because I just love who I am today. So if I had to go through all of those experiences, I just wish I could go back and tell that little girl myself as a little girl, like, you know, you're lonely and you're scared right now, but don't worry, you're going to have a magical life when you're older, right? Mm. So sometimes I say that to her now. I go in and I do some inner child work and I talk to the little girl that's inside of me and I just tell her, like, you know, you're safe now and you're loved and you have this big life and... I think it's really important to connect to that inner child and to do creative time and play. That's why I like sports so much because 
it's something that kids love to do. We love to, they love to run around and, you know, burn off energy and get a little crazy. So I love these sports and I feel like that's kind of nurturing that inner child. Same with writing the book. I loved writing as a little girl. So that helps nurture the inner child. So I think that's something that people could look into is inner child work. Um, and uh, think back, like, what did you do when you were young? Did you like playing baseball, tennis? Did you like doing crafts? You know, try that stuff as an adult because it's really important to have that um, that kind of child time, playtime. Mm. And I'm so glad you've mentioned this, Deidre, because it seems it's been such a long time since I've heard people talk about doing the inner child work. And I do believe it's really important. So thank you for sharing that and how you've used it. And I, I hope it really falls on listening ears and open hearts because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really good work. Well, this all this great work and uh, our time has wound down, which is so sad. But I think <laughs> I hope we've shared the, the essence of uh, of your story and and all the work, beautiful work that you're doing, and the hope that exists. So once more, let's mention the website and uh, how people can get in touch with you. Good. So the website is bmaloney.com. B e e m a l o n e y dot com. Uh, you can connect with me there and also read my blog. Um, Then I'm on Instagram at Deirdre Maloney underscore, D-E-I-R-D-R-E, Maloney underscore. And I have a wellness group actually on Facebook with about 900 members. Um, So you can connect there. It's called Wellness from Within. And we do fitness challenges like push-ups, squats. We just give information, um, motivational advice on your healthy lifestyle. And um, then the books you can check out on Amazon. Wonderful. Well, Deidre Maloney, you are just an angel. And I so appreciate who you are and all that you are sharing uh, with us to make the world a better place. So many thanks to you. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for this beautiful platform. It was amazing chatting with you and your audience. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to connecting again. Wonderful. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Deidre Maloney and Sunday Morning Magazine with Stephen Gross. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of listening to each other, having open, honest discussion about all parts of your life. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 1069. Good morning.